and welcome to Stacia Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey, Stu. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, TJ. Uh, TJ, I'm calling you TJ. JT, how are you? I've got to put up my best brogue accent now just to sort of keep the TJ going, but no, I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> Apart from the fact we had the weirdest windstorm, you know, because we have to talk, oh, yeah? we have to talk weather every time, apparently. Oh, it's a, obligatory. Yeah. It, it's kind of like the polite English thing, isn't it? You know, oh, how's the weather today? Quite so. Uh, no, but we had a windstorm yesterday and I have probably a three foot high pile of branches, some of them about three inches thick that blew off the big poplar tree I have in the back. Uh, absolutely destroyed some of the panels in my greenhouse. So Yay. More stuff that I'm learning all about. God, this place. Well, we've got lovely weather. Um, our summer, which has been a bit slow in coming, appears to have arrived. Uh, so it's like 20, 26, 27 degrees. But here's something I never thought would be a side effect of a long winter. We've had, by Cypriot standards, a long, cool winter. Mm -hmm. And so the blunt nose viper which is the bad boy of the Cypress snake population. Because <laughs> um, there's a good boy and a bad boy. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a couple of good boys. <laughs> snake, uh-uh, I'm just, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> We're a big fan of whip snakes, mostly because they eat the bad boys. But anyway, the uh, the blunt-nosed viper, which is is quite a sort of sloth-like um, snake. It gets quite fat. Mm. Um, and is, is a bit of a meaty fellow. Well, this year, because of the long winter, they are meatier than ever and apparently more aggressive. So, so they've had a cold winter. They're annoyed. Mm -hmm. uh, so we now have to watch the dogs like, like hawks because uh, dogs obviously wander up and go, oh, look, there's a snake. I'll sniff it, which, uh, you know, aggressive snakes can take badly. So, yeah, it's the weather's good, but coming with, with a cost, it would appear. You know what? You've just moved Cyprus right next to Australia on my list of places Justin does not ever want to visit because <laughs> stuff there kills you. Well, this is the funny thing is that, you know, Cyprus has always had snakes, right? And it, the, there's only that bad boy. That bad boy is the only one that can really hurt you unless you stick your arm down the throat of another one. Th this is the only one that's got um, sort of front-facing fangs that can inject poison into you. And even then, if you get treated quickly enough, you, it, it shouldn't kill you. Pretty bad for a small dog, although I've got a friend who's got a cat who is kind of the Marlon Brando of the cat world. Mm. Um, th this cat has been bitten five times by a blunt-nosed viper <laughs> and survived every time. <laughs> I mean, presumably he's only got four lives left, but in my mind, he wears a leather jacket and sort of smokes a cigarette going, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen snakes. I've seen stuff. Um, but when, when I was first in Cyprus, and I used to come here a lot as a boy, and then I lived here in the early noughties, snakes had never occurred to me. Very occasionally, walking a dog, I'll hear a rustle that sounds a bit big for a little lizard. We have lots of little lizards, right? Mm. And they sort of scuttle about the place. And funnily enough, me and everyone else look at those and go, oh, aren't they cute? You see the same size snake and you literally <laughs> jump up into the tree and go, snake! But I, I, it never occurred to me that there were snakes around. They were obviously there, but they're more scared of us than we are of them. Now that we have social media, and now that particularly I have a wife who is engaged with social media, I get constant text messages. Snakes are very aggressive this year. 
<laughs> I'm thinking, how do you know? I mean, if you ask them, and and because one person on Facebook sees the snake, it, that then gets reported seventy two times. I've seen seventy two posts about snakes. No, you've seen seventy two posts about a snake that somebody saw out of the corner of their eye and was actually probably a lizard. We get the same thing with bears up here. <laughs> yeah, see those bears. We, we had bears come down from the mountains, and everybody in town knows exactly where that bear was, what he was up to, whose garbage he was trying to get into. But I was just thinking about that when you talked about snakes. Um, I have heard, and pray tell, have not seen, but we do get rattlesnakes up here. Well, I think there's an obvious giveaway with those, Justin. Uh, the clue might be in the name. Mm. Thinking about snakes, though, I also did read that we get black widow spiders up here and i am i am squeamish about spiders (laughs) at the best of times and the idea of one that is gonna eat me and kill me and anyway i think they only eat you and kill you if they've made love to you (laughs) i think that's how it works so just don't get romantically involved with a with a black widow spider you should be fine oh thank god uh no but yeah i'm just thinking about all this stuff all the stuff that you have to learn when you move to a place that you do zero research on other than, hey, it's near the wine. We'll be good. <laughs> exactly. I, I get to have to drink more wine and not care about the other stuff. Yeah, my friends my friends say to me, so you take your dogs for a walk in the flip-flops? No. <laughs> no, I wear quite sturdy walking shit. Really? Why? Hmm. Well, <laughs> hmm. Um, a, some of the plants here bite. Um, the, the grass here fires off little spiky burr things. Oh, lovely. So a bit... At this time of year, it's quite quite common to see my dogs uh, running on three legs, holding a paw up. Oh, <laughs> and I'll get I'll get a hold of one of them, and, and they're nasty little spikes. I mean, they'll go through rubber shoes. They're that Ooh. strong. Um, so, so I look as though I'm I'm about to you know go and scale a mountain when I go out for a dog walk, even though it's 35 degrees. I'm still wearing proper shoes <laughs> because of that and snakes, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, <laughs> while we're on snakes, while we're here. Um, I was playing golf on Tuesday. We were recording on Thursday. And my playing partner was talking to one of the greenkeepers, who's uh, an English guy, who who looked, well, I mean, he looked a bit poorly. He was so skinny. Um, and so my playing partner went, oh, I haven't seen you for a while. He said, oh, yeah, I've been in hospital for a month. Oh, really? What I got bitten by a snake. Twice. I went, Twice? What did, you, what did you do? Go back and say, is that the best you've got or something? And, and he went, no, I was in the garden. The snake bit me. So I tried to stamp on it. It bit me again. <laughs> and he was in hospital for a month. I mean, you shouldn't laugh. It's terrible, but. Well, the thing is that both me and my, my black partner laughed. And eventually the guy laughed as well. He said, yeah, yeah. Note to self. Don't try and stamp on a snake. Okay. Got it. <laughs> oh dear oh dear right. uh, that's just so typically british oh you've bit me have you right take that ow you've bit me again <laughs> i'm just gonna lie down for a bit <laughs> oh, dear, oh dear there you are but all's well that ends well he's back at work now bless him good good all right let's get into our show because uh, first world problems that we have <laughs> first world problems ah uh, all right, uh, any follow-up items for you before I get into my... I got another rant. Oh, my God, it's going to be a great start. 
another rant. Uh, well, no, I was going to say thanks for the kick up the jacksie, um, which is a quaint English phrase for uh, the motivation provided by last week's discussion. Um, you know, productivity, procrastination, just just get there and get it done. I've, I've been really productive this week. Got a load done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm even, don't tell anyone, ahead of the game a bit. So really pleased, actually. It's been been really sort of switched on. Occasionally it happens. Most weeks I'm a bit sort of meh, but this one, boom, getting stuff done. Um, I, I, I am tired, though. I, I need a nap, probably. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what about you? What's been going on with the, the Justin Poyford follow-up? All right, my my note in there is when task managers go bad in my best um you know announcer voice <laughs> oh I, I saw this on twitter actually <laughs> i came to OmniFocus yesterday which is my task manager of choice and has been oh cranky i it must have been i, I gotta be have have been on that for 10 years at least anyway good lord um First time I've ever had a problem with it, and it has shaken me to the core. Mm. Uh, I came in yesterday, and I used the forecast view to make sure everything that I use, the way that I use a task manager, is I assign due dates to everything that I want, so that when I want to work on something, I have it scheduled. I can review that, and I can see what's coming up. Here's all the, here's all my dates, and I went in, and all of a sudden. Something had changed. I, I may have clicked something. I'm not sure what it was. I've I've solved this, but my confidence level now has gone down. Uh, everything for the next coming years, years, <laughs> was showing up, regardless of the date that it was due, under yesterday. Ooh. So yesterday I had, I think it was 47 overdue tasks because they were all due yesterday morning. And I could go in, I could see this date is March, 2023. Yeah, everything looks fine. What's going on? So I reached out to OmniFocus on Twitter. They got back to me this morning, a day later and said, oh, please email us. Like, well, I did and didn't get a response, which is why I hit you up on Twitter. But anyway, uh, you know, small group, all that. In the meantime, something had changed. And I figured out what the problem was. So I have, and I don't open it up because it'd probably make sounds and confuse everybody, but I have a number of perspectives, tasks, I guess you call them. Oh, I could open it up so I get the right terminology so I don't confuse anybody. Go for it. Uh, you know what that's like? Opening OmniFocus document. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. Uh, so I have a number of projects. See, I knew I was, wasn't using the right the right terminology. Oh, Christ. Now everything's moving. Ah, I just lost my show notes, Stu. <gasps> Chaos. Chaos, I say. So uh, the projects have a title. And I'm not sure how, but all of a sudden, all of these projects now had a project under them that was a title. So something weird had happened. And one of those for a particular project that I had, had your yesterday's due date on it that overrode every other due date that was in this system. So it was an absolute nightmare for me to figure it out. And you know, when you go in the morning and you're, you're trying to do your scheduling of your day and something's up, uh, I closed it. I kept coming back. It was, 
it, it was like, um, you get a scab or something and you just can't leave it alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you know exactly what I mean. Like it's, it's there, it's bothering me. I just have to touch it. I have to go, I have to go back. Um, and eventually I figured out through looking at all of these different perspectives that was, there was this new to me something, you know, I've, I've been using this database, same database, uh, for probably almost 10 years. I've migrated it across different versions. And for some reason there was this new part to it that had got this date. I killed off the date. Everything's back, but I don't know how it happened. I don't know where this extra task that duplicated the project name what came from and where that came from to get assigned, you know, maybe that was something I did, but it shook the core of my confidence and I'm really concerned because if I have no confidence in my task manager and my task manager is my backup brain, you know, it's the place where I put things so that they show up when I need them. I, you know, it's my organization tool. It is more than any other tool. It is kind of that extension of my brain that I go to, to get things out of my brain and into somewhere, my trusted system to use our, our friends, GTD, uh, terminology. I don't know whether I have trusted it anymore. So, <sighs> an opportunity, an opportunity, JT, to have a look at what you're doing and whether it's the best thing. Yeah. What are you doing still? Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, it's kind of hybridy, a bit weird. The first one that's going to be difficult for you to, to get your head around. So, so I hope you're sitting, um, is that I use a task manager that does not have a Mac version. <gasps> uh, so the inputting of tasks is something that can only happen on iOS or in effect on my phone. Oof. So I use actions by a Moleskine or Moleskine. Mm. And that's part of my, uh, I have a studio subscription to them. So that gets me access to a couple of their apps because I'm using, or I'm, I use time page, which is their calendar. And I'm currently beta testing time page for Mac. Um, and so along with that, I use actions. Now what actions does is it, it incorporates tasks into my calendar. So I can see all of those on my Mac but I can't input into, into my Mac. Now, Oof. the thing about that is I don't use it in the way that you do. I don't use it as the trusted system. So I have Oof. two calendars. Uh, well, I have a lot of calendars, <laughs> but two calendars that I have. One is called Log and one is called Tasks. Now, the Log calendar, this is uh, a Merlin Mann concept, is... Uh, if I go and change a light bulb or I go and um, worm the dogs or any of those type of things, I put it into the calendar. So if I ever want to know when did I change the oil in the car, I can look it up and find it there. And for tasks that have a definite date, so uh, the infamous car insurance, they go into my uh, tasks calendar. Now, alongside that, I have these actions that I use for the app actions, which is on my phone. And I also use Dew. I don't know if you know Dew. It's the one that keeps reminding you until you <laughs> do it. So I use Dew Love that. for, you know, take out the trash. Uh, Cause I have three trash runs a week here. 
that I have to do. Um, and I also have one that's uh, about watering the garden and all of those things that I will instantly forget unless something reminds me. <laughs> so I use all of those, mostly ignore them, <laughs> and actually use my card system where I, I have a pretty strong idea of what should happen in my life. And I have a little board next to my desk, which has my daily themes and what's involved in those daily themes. Uh, and I sit down and do a card and say, okay, I'm going to do these five things today or three things or two or 10 or whatever it might be. So it's all a bit hybrid which is scary because that's what got me in trouble before. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I hybrid stuff like that to do. You, oh, you get me nervous. <laughs> I can, I could. I mean, first off, I, I, I need a diagram to show what goes where in your hybrid system. The fact of having to go to an iOS device, um, just for a laugh for anybody, uh, Stu and I, we, we record this, we connect over a signal and well, we were looking back at a text message that tra train that we had, and we couldn't figure out how to minimize sort of the voice call to get back there. And both Stu and I had to pick up our phones and look on, on our phones to figure out what we were talking about yesterday. So the idea of having to pick up my phone to put a task manager in there. Ooh, Stu, 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 Stu. Well, I mean, the, this, this is an episode in itself, but I mean, I've come to the conclusion that 90% of the stuff that we do in task managers is nonsense. So, um, you know, projects, this project, that project, this I've become very sort of, um, David Allen totalitarian. The only thing that matters is the next task. So, mm. uh, you know, I, I am sick to death of creating completely meaningless deadlines for writing the book. Nonsense. Mm. Just write the next scene. <laughs> and then when you've done that, write the next scene. When you've got all the scenes written, then do the next thing, do the next. I, I just don't project plan anymore. Just, it's nonsense. Mm. Because I see so many people, me mostly, just moving dates around all the time and, and go, oh, yes, I'm working hard. No, you're not. Just moving dates around. Stop it. Yeah. I, and I can understand exactly what you're saying in that. What I do is my task manager, and this is, this is what's shaken my, my faith is it is a reminder for things that I have to do. For example, I know when I have to change the filter on the water in the fridge, mm -hmm. I have to, well, that's my calendars. That's my calendars. Do that. Yeah. Um, I hate calendars because I am never any good at following somebody else's prescriptive rules that I'm going to do this at this time. Mm -hmm. Even if that idiot that gave me the prescriptive rules is myself, because I put it on the calendar. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like being told what to do when I want to do it. So I like a task manager that basically will sit there and show me this is due and maybe that it's overdue or that I can reschedule it till the time that works better. I could do that within a task manager and it sure. does not go away. The problem with a, and, and the, the calendar use for me, it always reminds me, I, re I remember I used to work with a, one of my staff was a, a younger guy and he loved Microsoft Outlook because we we're in a corporate jobby job mm -hmm. many, many years ago. Um, and you'd walk past his desk and glance at his computer and the entire sort of right corner was filled with overdue reminders. Mm -hmm. You remember those little things that popped up and you had to say oh, yes. snooze for five minutes or, 
And, and it was just that nightmare of snooze, snooze, snooze must've been the most unproductive and the cognitive load that he must've seen from these things popping up, telling him you've missed doing this. Oh, so that's why I kind of went to a good task manager, but, uh, I need to have things that I put there. You know, I've got, uh, text filing deadlines that are almost a year away now, and they recur once a year and a calendar, you know, the, the level of planning that I would have to do to do that in a calendar, it just, it, it's not not a perfect workflow for me, mm -hmm. especially once I've got used to being able to put it in there and not think about it. Defer dates, defer dates are the best thing that OmniFocus ever brought in because I could put it there and I could kind of say, don't even show me this. I can't even work on this for nine months. Then you can show me what this is Sure. that, Hey, you could start working on this. So I don't think Stu's options are going to work for what I need. Uh, listeners. Help me out. What are you guys using? What do you recommend? Do I stick with OmniFocus? Do I try something else? Uh, predominantly Mac-based. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm all confused <laughs> and scared. Anyway. Things is nice. Things? I haven't tried it, but... Uh, yeah, it's nice. It's, it's, it's pretty. It's not quite as, um, as complex as OmniFocus, which is probably a strength and a weakness depending on, on use cases. Yeah. Um, and like OmniFocus, it has sort of one or two little annoyances that you have to sort of work around. But um, yeah, I think those are probably the top two. And I suppose the other one that everybody goes on about is Todoist, isn't it? But that's uh, mostly a web, web interface. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not going to work for you. Yeah. I, I mean, I could throw it into uh, uh, an Asana. I've got an Asana board through work that I use mm -hmm. for... Um, you know, scheduling all of our sort of team stuff. But uh, this is something that I like to have as my system that, again, trust is system. Trust. Trust is an issue. Oh, well. What's your tool of the week, Stu? Give me, give me something positive. Let's move on. Uh, my tool of the week was well, the timing for Mac. Uh, this is a, a little, uh, so I get it through setup, um, which I know you have too. Uh, I know you use it. Uh, it sort of just automatically-ish records uh, what I'm up to on my Mac. So uh, every time I go away, it comes back and says, where you been? <laughs> what you been doing? <laughs> um, and Which is a benefit and a curse. Yes, exactly. But it also allows you to say, okay, if I open up, you know, in my case, Scrivener, uh, if, I'm, if I'm working in Scrivener, then I'm working on the novel. So it automatically assigns that time to the novel. Uh, and it's just giving me, I don't think I'm particularly interested in doing the analysis maybe i will be when there's loads of data but what i'm most interested in is oh i'm actually doing what i intended to be doing that, that's really the question i want to ask myself and that little pop-up does it for me um so mm -hmm. really enjoying that and maybe it's not a coincidence that this week i've been using it this week i've been really productive who knows mm -hmm. uh the other one was just today um before we recorded uh i got to listening to some music um, I like you have a pair of, of home bots, uh, sort of one either side of my office and my desk is middle-ish. And I, for some reason, I can't remember why. Oh, I know why. Here we go. Tangent time. <laughs> I was out for. Oh, this podcast? Never. Never. No, I, I was out for lunch with a bunch of my golfing buddies on Sunday. It was our sort of end of season. Why this is our end of season? I have no idea. But anyway, our end of season social. Uh, and so it was. Uh, my golf society is called the Pretenders. It was the Pretenders and the Pretenders Partners. 
and we were in a big South African restaurant and we were having a jolly, jolly time, me particularly, because uh, Mrs. Lennon was driving. So I was like, do you know what? I'm going to have a beer or a glass of wine or both. And I was talking to this lady uh, opposite me, an uh, Irish lady, and I said, so, so what do you do? She said, well, oh, um, I'm a classical violinist. I'm sorry? I'm a classical violinist. I was playing with the Nicosia Orchestra before the uh, the lockdown, and I've played in this orchestra and in you know some some big orchestras. I'm like, wow! And we got talking about her violin and uh, all this stuff, and she has a uh, a Thomas Thomas Perry violin, and Thomas Perry was a very famous violin maker in Dublin. Anyway, <laughs> for that reason, I had classical music on the mind. So HomePod, I I went into uh, Apple Music, which does have a classical music section. Most of Apple Music doesn't know it's got a classical music session. You have to look quite hard. Mm. But when you find it, oh, there's some fine stuff there. And I started mm-hmm. playing some very loud, very good classical music out of the speakers using the spatial audio function. Ooh. And it was as close as one can get, I think, to being in a concert hall. It was awesome. Brilliant. I'm not quite sure what the neighbours thought, but there you are. Lovely. And the whole pods were behaving themselves for a change? Touch wood. They've been very good for oh, me gosh. the last few months. Hmm. Cool. I, it must be a theme for today. My tool of the week, noise-canceling headphones. Apple's AirPods Max. I've been living in these for the last couple of days. Now, you know, we're, we're back to where we live and all the rest of it. So... I know it sounds, you know, I, we joke about me living in rural area. I kind of live in the back of a valley, just on a normal street. You know, there's, I, I don't have a big farm. I've just got a small piece of land, a small, a regular size house, I guess. It's nothing palatial. I don't have acreage. I don't have my own farmland or anything like that. There are houses across the street to me. Okay, granted, one of the houses across the street, his backyard, large backyard, is a vineyard. Um, there's a house behind me, but that house behind me backs onto or faces onto an orchard. Mm-hmm. And it's very pretty. It means that we get, you know, the eagles flying around all night looking at the dog when we're sitting outside. And it's, it's, pretty quiet because of that you know there's our little i think you call it a hamlet it's like 30 houses maybe in this area but the orchard i never thought about this when i moved in but it's a working orchard and you know what working orchards have tractors Ah. all day long oh my god there is no sound worse tractors imagine the sound of your neighbor cutting their lawn eight hours a day oh it was crazy driving me nuts and you know Stu knows i'm a little bit picky when it comes to noises so yeah um thank god for the big boy apple airpods max the over ear ones i could put that on listen to some stuff turn off the noise uh, turn on the noise canceling so i couldn't hear them but oh my gosh it's been it's been something else getting used to living out here and living next to all of this nature stuff. I just, 
I just don't get it, Stu. I miss my life in, in a city, you know, no. where I, I know that I'm going to have screaming children and sirens and cars and, you know, all those normal things that you get, you know, occasionally a neighbor fighting over something completely useless. I don't get any of that, but I get tractors all day long. Loud, loud, loud tractors. No, you don't because you've got noise cancelling headphones. So you don't get anything. You're fine. You'll be grand. Mm. Uh, anyway, grand. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm very gurry today, aren't you I? You are a bit grrr. Go on and tell me about your pen and ink. Go on, pen and ink. That's got to cheer you up. I've been enjoying the Mont Blanc 147 that I was running with. Uh, and so I inked up a a stew size nib, a Mont Blanc medium, which is, if anybody knows Mont Blanc medium nibs, they're, they're big, juicy nibs. It's a lovely, lovely gold nib. Uh, and I put the Mont Blanc toffee brown in there. And, you know, toffee brown is one of those colors that you don't use very often. But, oh my gosh, is it so gorgeous. This, this nib I cannot use for writing my notes for work. It is far too big and, you know, I'd, I'd use up a lunch term in a day, uh, but I sit and I journal with this and it is a big, juicy, wet nib with lots of ink and the toffee brown just shades gorgeously. So uh, a little bit of baby's bottom. I've, I've got to do a little bit of tuning, I think, on this one. I don't use it that much because it's a little thick for my daily writing, but it is a, a lovely writer. Excellent. Sounds nice. How about toffee brown for you? Yeah, uh, Have you tried it? Uh, I haven't tried any toffee brown. No, um, I, I wouldn't be adverse to it, I don't think. Um, I'm actually, for a change, using a pencil. <gasps> I'm using a Musgrave Ooh. Tennessee Red, which um, is their sort of, it's like a limited edition pencil in a way. They they found some um, some old cedar from way back when sort of hidden away in the corner of the yard uh, and made some some pencils out of it. So it's a beautiful, fragrant pencil. It's a natural finish. Mm -hmm. Great graphite, really nice to write with. And uh, you can buy them in wooden boxes. And uh, you, honestly, you open that wooden box and the smell that comes out of it is just gorgeous. It's highly addictive. Mm. I think cedar may have been the precursor of crack cocaine. I mean, it's just beautiful smell. Do you still have those for sale in Neros? Yes, yes, we do. And I'm, in fact, just later this week, uh, which will be tomorrow, <laughs> now that I look at the calendar, I'm, I'll be doing another big order from, from Musgrove because they've got some really nice stuff. So you want to know the funny thing, living up in Canada? You can't get them. I can't get them. Musgrove, Musgrave will not ship to Canada. Therefore, my Tennessee Reds, I bought from Neros uh, because, you know, it makes completely sense. Tennessee, Canada, straight line. Uh, no, send them all the way to England and all the way back over the North Pole back to where I live in Canada just to get them. Uh, absolutely crazy. You didn't have the boxes in, the, the cedar boxes in when I ordered these, but they are very, very nice pens, pencils. Mm, yeah, they are indeed. We, we, we now even have um, mixed boxes where you can get half Tennessee and half Harvest Pros, and they're really cool pencils as well. But yes, there's um, for you, actually, there's some interesting stuff coming to Dero's. We've got a new supplier um, of Tamari River. So we've got some, uh, some 500 pages coming in. Uh, sort of A5 and B5, some some quite sort of chunky to my stuff coming from the US. Um, but I think probably, well, 
<laughs> certainly for the Far East before that. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I've just done a big order with them. So that should be in the store, I would guess, next week or so, which would be exciting. Lovely. Lovely. Um, do you know which Tomoe River? Because, you know, everybody's going to ask. Uh, 68. Is it the old, the new, or the new, new? Ah, it's the old. It's it's the 68 GSM stuff, uh, which the is... good stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, my, my preference would be that one. But it is the old stock because the new, the new, new is not really Tomoe, or is it, or maybe kind of, oh, who knows? Mm. Uh, I've never seen so much debate over something in a long time. Yes, indeed. But no, this is the old stock. I'm not sure how much of it we'll get. <laughs> I don't know if this will be the last run and then we'll be on the new stuff. I don't know. But mm-hmm. we will see. All right. You'll have to let me know when you get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, as well as my pencil, I've got four pens still inked um, because, I, you know, I don't get through, get through them that quickly. I've got the Safari, the lime green one, uh, my Kaweco AL Sport, uh, the Pelican M205 and the Pelican M800, which uh, that's what I'm journaling with at the moment is the M800. So like you, I'm ripping through pages because it's quite a big nib. It's a broad nib I've got in the Pelican. Lovely. Oh. Very nice. Ah. You know what? 500-page notebooks coming in next week. Indeed. Uh, it's not as though I'm short of uh, options, to be honest. Now, what is exactly we're talking about today? All right. I think we hinted this last time, but I want to talk about effective voicemail use, particularly for productivity. I, t- I mentioned last time my vendor still keeps calling and not leaving a, a voicemail message which drives me nuts. Uh, and I know Stu and I, we've got some notes that we share. And so I know we've got different opinions on this in North America. Telephones are still a thing. And I think this comes with some historical context that local calls in England, and I'm not sure about the rest of Europe, you used to have to pay for. Mm -hmm. So when Stu and I grew up and you wanted to call somebody, You put uh, your money into the little box and you talked as quickly as possible because it was going to eat your money. And three minutes later, it was going to beep at you because it wanted more money. In North America, I could talk for hours and hours and hours, which, you know, as as a young teenage boy, you hang up. No, you hang up first. I'm not going to go first. No, you hang up first. You know, that kind of ridiculous thing that everybody gets to anyway, um, something that we grew up differently. And I think this may be part of this for external connections here. Telephones are really still a big thing. They're a lot more common than emails. Customers tend to like telephones, uh, government and regulatory regulatory agencies, if I could say that right, which are a big part of my job, don't like emails. They prefer phone calls, which is annoying as heck. Confidential information that I deal with, email is less secure. So a lot of that has to go or be verified by telephone calls because especially external uh, contacts you know, there's a lot of things you don't necessarily want to put in an email, an an unencrypted email. Uh, I live on my cell phone. I have one number only. So that's my business, my personal, my home, because we, when we moved up here, we chose not to have a separate home phone line because, well, 
nobody ever uses them anymore, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we had one at the old place, but here it just didn't make sense. So I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out when to answer call, when to let it go to voicemail. I get a lot of, yeah, you remember this guy, Gerald from 1857? Ah, uh, yes. He calls very often to my house to request all of my personal information and to get me to uh, send him Bitcoin to whatever location he's in because they've uh, caught a problem or an overpayment or something weird. Anyway, it's a problem. But what about you, Stu? Coming from a different perspective, voicemail calls hmm, culturally different, right? Yeah. I mean, I think your point is correct that um, calls used to cost us money when, when I was a boy. And so there's always, there's always been a tension um, generational tension. So, uh, boomers were always shouting at their children, get off that phone because it was costing them a small fortune. Um, so when you were going, don't hang up, no, you hang up, you hang up, you hang up. I just had my dad take the phone off me, smack me around the back of the head and put the phone down. <laughs> so it, it was none of that nonsense. Um, the other thing is that if you're in the UK or most of Europe, um, our data plans are by North American standards, very, very cheap. So, mm. Uh, certainly anyone in business and many, many, uh, people on their home account will have unlimited data. That, that'll be the sort of standard. Oh, thing. Very nice. Um, and so I would say the big thing here, depending on your generation, but the big thing here will be email. Uh, WhatsApp is huge. Um, I think some people still use, uh, messenger, um, with, uh, you know, the Facebook stuff um but yeah voicemail certainly in cyprus nobody nobody would leave you a message <laughs> it just doesn't happen so if if i because i play golf I, I turn my phone off when i play golf or at least make it silent if i ignore a call there will never ever be a voicemail in fact i couldn't tell you what my voicemail number is just because I, i'd never dial it and that was also because Beginning to be the way in the UK. The UK, you would still get companies who would leave you voicemails and stuff. But in Cyprus, not even the company would. You know, if the telephone company calls you and you don't answer, it just just hangs up. Um, so, oof. So, um, I suppose I record a voicemail message about once every, well, once every phone. <laughs> so once every couple of years, I might have to record a new one. Whereas I remember when I was at work in the UK, I had the, had the business then, you know, a bit, oh, going on holiday, so I better record a sort of out-of-office voicemail thing. But even then, you know, people would hear, oh, he's on holiday, they'll phone someone else who <laughs> can deal with the problem, they wouldn't leave me a message. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of all gone away from me. Um, the one that I do have is that we have friends in the United Arab Emirates, not in Dubai, they're in mm -hmm. Abu Dhabi, actually. Uh, and... <laughs> This is brilliant. You'll love this. This is commerce in action. Uh, Abu Dhabi is run by, well, the, oh, sorry, the United Arab Emirates are run by a sheikh. Mm. Um, it's a good old-fashioned, um, you know, this is my kingdom. <laughs> so uh, he's just passed away, actually, and been succeeded by his son. But uh, because of that, the state owns the telecoms company. <laughs> um, and therefore, any voice communication app that uses data instead is banned. Simple as that. Oof. WhatsApp? No, you can't have it. Signal? No, you can't have it. Telegram? No, you can't have it. <laughs> Just, it doesn't work. Um, why? Because I'm the shake. Do you want to argue with me? I'll chop your head off. Fine. 
So, so what they do... Lovely place to live. <laughs> what they do to get around it is that they record voice messages, which they then send to you. So they get sent to you as, as, um, as some sort of data package. But it's not, <laughs> it's not a phone call. It's a, it's a message. And it's really weird <laughs> and really jarring, actually. So you get people, oh, well, yeah, so do you know what I mean? We were out and, and then so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. And yeah, yeah, I was a bit annoying, really. Anyway, I hope your day's going all right. And then they kind of expect me to respond. And I'm like, no, that's not going to work with me. That's, that's not going to happen. Stu, <laughs> you never respond to my, to my voice messages. You're right. Tap, 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 taste. Yeah. Text, text, text. And eventually, eventually they get the idea. Um, so yeah, I do I do remember the frustrations that you talk about. I mean, the one that always used to get me at work would be I'm I'm gonna pick on Mrs. L, um, but she would phone me and then it would go to the voicemail because I was in a meeting or I was meeting with a client or you know, I was busy, whatever it was. And I would just say, Oh, I'll leave that, I'll go to voicemail. And then I would pick up, oh, there's a message, listen. And it would literally be, hi, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, give me a call when you got a second. <laughs> I mean, I, what was the point of that? I, I know you've called. I'll call you back. If you've got something to say, leave a message. Otherwise, just don't bother. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that's the stuff that used to, to wind me up to the extent that, that I would call. And she would say, I left you a message. I said, did you? Did you not listen to it? No. Why not? Because you can fool me once, you can fool me twice, but you cannot <laughs> fool me three times. I am no longer listening to your messages. So yeah, I understand they can be a bit um, disruptive, but as I say for me, touch wood, there's a, <laughs> they don't come up in my life anymore. Hurrah! Mm. All right. I, I need to convince everybody I deal with to go to the European version. Because <laughs> it'd be so nice without voicemail. Because you just never know. I'm I'm actually just thinking, and uh, you know, even yesterday, I had uh, agreed to be a reference for somebody, and I got a call from the recruiter, and you know, when we're talking about, you know, it's it's a number that comes up that I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to give away the name of the company, but it's like, okay, I don't know who this is. I don't know what this is. It's not a customer name, so I know it's not really really important. It's not the government because that comes up as a government, so. You know what? I'm just going to let it go. Uh, and I got this voicemail and I have no idea who the person's name was because they so ran on sentence, you know, they just. Yeah, it's chilling for me, but I was trying to get in touch with you about it. If you call me on 784 I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, that was it. I, I, I could not get this person's name. So it was just the weirdest thing. And it was like so frustrating because I'm calling into a business and saying, yeah, somebody called me from here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, don't know who. Uh, God. But yeah, it's, you know, this is, this is kind of the frustration that I have. And, you know, this happens several times a week. You know, I get uh, phone calls. I'll, pro- I'll probably say daily uh, from, from the business. You know, I try to do as much through email as possible because it is much more effective. But as I say, there are, there are use cases, particularly in North America. Um, and you know what, I'm actually thinking about this. And even though this topic is voicemail, my thoughts on this, I think also apply to email. If you're going to send an external email, the use of this is 
also important. It's important to get through the pertinent information of what you're looking for and everything in, in there. Um, you know, it'd be like sending an email, you know, getting an email saying, Hey, can you call me when you've got a minute? Or can you email me when you've got a minute? It's like, or, you know, your friend on, um, what was it? Teams. I still, are you still there? <laughs> you know, you're, the point is send enough information so that you don't have to necessarily have that face-to-face contact, you know, that scheduling stuff. Um, so I kind of made a list of what I do and what I think is sort of best practice, uh, for voicemail. And I was hoping Stu is going to have some input on this, mm-hmm. but you know, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm old school. Stu is, Stu's the modern, uh, what, what are the, the modern Gen Xer? No. Um, <laughs> so if you do have to use voicemail, what do you do? Uh, so your name and company start off with an introduction so that people can put a context in there, slow down, speak slowly. People are going to be, you know, listening to this off a little iPhone speaker. So you want to be as clear and concise as possible. Start off with the telephone number you could be reached at because some people will use that. You know, maybe they've got a CRM. They can plug that in the specific reason for your call. Sounds obvious. Include case and reference numbers if required, because often these are important. Uh, Repeat critical pieces of information slowly, particularly if you've got any numbers in there. Let's say you're providing a credit card verification number. Repeat it slowly. Someone's going to be writing them down. And I could tell you, if somebody talks really, really fast and you're scrolling back and forth trying to figure out what they said, it's, it's tough. Be specific about the next steps in communication. This is the info I'm requesting. This is what's needed. If it's something different, this is the response that I expect to get, you know, please follow up and let me know that this has been completed or whatever that is. Be very specific about what you would like in the next step of communication. That way, if you are busy and you can't get to the phone, you have the next step and you're, you're going to avoid this back and forth. The one thing I really enjoy when I get a good email, the person closes by repeating the name, the company and the telephone number. So sometimes, you know, you'll stop people from having to go back and replay the message two or three times to get all this information. Voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as you said, there's a similar thing here with email as well, which um, again, this is a Merlin man one. Um, if there's a call to action, make that the first line. So, mm-hmm. um, that bit where, uh, Justin is saying, be specific about the next steps in communication that goes in the first line. So if I get an email, I want to know, uh, preferably from the preview, whether this is an email which is going to give me lots of information of which I may or may not be interested in, or whether this is an informa- uh, an email that is going to require action from me. And so some people get really upset by this, where you have in the title, action required. I don't. I think it's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. Action required. Oh, right. Okay. I need to do something. I've actually got to read that one. Yeah, I'll read it. Boom. Action required. Um And I think with all the things that you're saying, I think that's all true, but you have to try and combine that with being succinct because nobody wants a three minute voicemail. Hmm. 
I, yeah, it's a tough one though, because some of the stuff, you know, if you've, if you have for whatever reason, bargained up a telephone number, you know, you've hmm. got a little bit of static in there, uh, having it repeated makes a big difference because if you just do it once and it's not clear, yeah, good luck on that. Sure. Particularly if you're calling from, you know, let's say, let's say the government of Canada, one of my favorite people to call me usually the audit department, because, Hey, I love that. Um, but you know, they will call and they call you on a generic number that you can't call back on. They're giving you their extension number and the specific callback number to get them. If you, if you don't get that clearly, it's very, very difficult to, to get. Sure. And I think, I think, um, it's picking and choosing, isn't it? So, you know, the, the, the information that I want is if I need to speak to this government official, you know, if I know that I'm not going to be able to get all the information in a voicemail. So if I, if I'm the government official, and I need to speak to you. Then I think the information I have to stress is, as you say, hi, it's Stuart Lennon from uh, Canada Gov. Um, you can get me on 784-132 extension 132. Uh, that's 784-132 extension 132. I need to discuss case 784-111 with you. Please give me a call at your convenience. I'm in 95 Monday to Friday. <laughs> Whereas if you try and get too detailed about the actual tasking, then you can end up getting into such a knot that you, the whole communication has to happen again. So I think it's judging. Uh, it's that fine line, isn't it, between, okay, the next thing is we need to speak, therefore I don't need to burden you with every single detail, but the detail that I do give you needs to be clear, understandable, and easy for you to respond to. Yeah, do you do you think that you actually need to speak? You know, is, is voicemail a way to replace email in some situations. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I certainly look at that, you know, Hey, we need to speak or even more. Here's the information that you requested, blah, 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 blah. You don't need to tell me, call me anymore. We are done. Here's everything that you needed. Hmm. Yes. Could it be done better in an email? Yes. But there are a lot of organizations that don't like email. A lot of People still, you know, out here, we still have a bit of a generational gap. Sure. And some uh, senior decision makers tend to be on the less comfortable with email side. If you're dealing with perhaps younger, uh, more technologically savvy uh, people, then, you know, that, that becomes less of an issue. The, the communication is different. So... It is, it is always the key to me of any voicemail is unless you really need to avoid the back and forth, you know, Mrs. Mrs. T, she can avoid a lot of back and forth, probably like Mrs. L too, but I don't want to speak for that. The call me back. You generally don't need to call me back. You can probably send that information. Hey, I need you to pick up the dry cleaning on the way home tonight. Boom. Done no back and forth required because you know if if both of you are busy and working and whatever else trying to get that time that you're not in a meeting or have to just chat that that is a killer for me mm -hmm. so anyway that's my thoughts on it well very good now if i could just get my vendor to listen to this <laughs> 
Yeah, perhaps send him send him the uh, the link. So, what's your takeaway then? My takeaway, and it's completely different to mm-hmm. Stu's. If it's important enough for you to think that you have to call me in the first place, it's important enough to leave a detailed voice message, including why I should call you back. Sure. It's not that different. I think uh, my, my takeaway from this is that we have a dazzling array of methods of communication available to us. And the most important thing you can ever do is think about which is the correct medium to use. So is it an email? Is it a text message? Is it in Slack or something? Or is it a call? Each of those has pros and cons. And often choosing the right method is the most important decision you'll make. For me, if it's task-oriented, use something Mm text-based. If it's relationship-oriented, call. And yeah, don't leave a voicemail, unless it's Justin. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. We have differences on that one. <laughs> we will agree to disagree. <sighs> Indeed. You can be as wrong as you like. I don't mind. Oh, Stu, 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 Stu. <laughs> it's a cultural difference. Perhaps I'd be, be exactly the same in North America. Mm. Uh, that's good. Okay. Well, we'll, co- we'll call it cultural difference and not the end of the show at episode 59. <laughs> All right, Stu. We can still be friends, of course. Even though you don't know how to use voicemail, as long as as long as we're not making Lego sets together. Oh, yes, I I heard something about this yesterday, so I have to listen to that at some point. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me uh, at twitter.com at Stu Lennon, or you can find me at my website, stuartlennon.com or at nerosnotes.co.uk. I won't give you my number because if you left me a voicemail, I wouldn't respond. What about you, Justin? Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at justintwyford.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, lurking JJ Twyford. If you want to see pictures of the things I complain about living out here, Instagram, j.j.twyford. Because, hey, you know, it's interesting to see the world from rural-ish Canada. You can get both of our information at stationaryjason.com, and we'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you, particularly what is the best and the pros and cons of your task manager of choice. Please email me, stationaryjacent at gmail.com. If you could take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher of choice, five stars, please. We need them. Uh, We really do appreciate your recommendations also to your friends and colleagues. Our next topic is going to be turning life upside down. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, sir.